time for the Horror Attic Podcast. The Horror Attic Podcast. It's a deep dive into horror movies, memorabilia, and monster monsters. You scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Turn out the lights. Turn out the lights. Crank up the sound. And welcome, and welcome to, the to the attic. It's time for the Horror Attic Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Horror Attic Podcast. My name is Ray. We got Paul. We got Anthony. And uh, well, what are we going to get in tonight? We're going to let you know that here in just a second. But let me review on some things we talked about last week. Just in case you missed it, I urge you to check out the uh, previous podcast. You can get them on iTunes now, on Podbean, and easily accessible right there on our website, thehorrorattic.com. So last week we did a top five. And now we're, we're, we're flipping the script a little bit this week, how we do the top five. But last week we did the top five, and we did the top five vampire movies. Right, guys? Uh, what was the number one from last week, Paul? Fright Night. Right on, right on, right on. Yeah. Like I said, you can go back to the old podcast and check those out. We also did a new chick, Old Flick, where Paul's wife gave us her review on uh, the movie The Howling. And, uh, well... Uh, bloodbath yeah yeah and then anthony suggested a flick for her for for this time what did you suggest to her uh for this week anthony the thing okay john carpenter classic we finished our discussion last time with the movies about animals gone wild so uh and insects and, and, and insects. And, of course, we disagreed a little bit because I don't think gremlins are animals and or dinosaurs. They were. Dinosaurs were. Th- they are. But I don't know if gremlins should count. They are. I've talked to a lot of, you know, a lot of people over the last couple of weeks, and gremlins are animals. So let's move on. Uh, coming up tonight on the program, uh, we've got a top five. We'll, we'll revisit Collector's Corner. Uh, we have another old, uh, new chick, old flick, and our closing topic tonight will be sequels that are better than the originals. So all that and more is coming out. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. What is that, Anthony? Twitter is whoreaddict2020. Easy to remember. Yep, and it's going to be hard to forget 2020, that's for sure. So uh, make sure you follow us on there, and uh, make sure you uh, hit us up on the Facebook group, The Horror Attic. It's on Facebook. So uh, let's get it into it. It's the Horror Attic Top 5. <laughs> so the Top 5 tonight, uh, we kind of uh, did a little bit different. We have our Top 5, or you guys have your Top 5. Mm-hmm. And we've also put a poll up on social media, on the Facebook, and a lot of people voted. And tonight's top five, we're doing the top five werewolf movies, in which these are cool. These are cool. What do we got, guys? We're going to start off with what the poll results are. All right. Based All right. from our site, and I did share it with another group, um, kind of figured out finally how to do the polls. So we'll start off with the two honorable mentions, which got only two votes each, Teen Wolf and the Monster Squad. <laughs> Which so, Teen Wolf is a great one. It is. It is. I'm shocked. Yes, it is. I looked at your notes and I saw Teen Wolf 2. I'm like, well, that one sucked. I'm sorry, Jason Bateman, but that one sucked. Yeah, that was two votes. So it's the first team. Yeah, okay, okay. I was confused for a second. I'm like, I hope that's not two. Monster Squad, never saw that one. 
It's a good one. Good one. Oh, it's a classic. Directed by Fred Decker. He also yeah, also did Night of the Creeps. Yeah, good one. Can't argue with that one, but uh, let's see. Starting at number five, we have the original The Wolfman, which garnered uh, eight whopping votes. Wow. Again, if anybody would like to vote on our polls, please make sure you uh, join us on the Facebook group, The Horror Addict. That way you can take part in all the polls, and it helps us create this uh, fabulous content for the program here. Well, another thing about the polls, too, is that, just like Ray said, go to the site onto our Facebook group, because... With this one being the first poll, I had to recreate it on each one of the other sites, and that was not fun. So from the future, I'm just going to put it on the Horror Attic Facebook group. Well, just to clarify, Paul is lazy. He only wants to do it one time. So join the Horror Attic group on Facebook. Number four. That's not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> time out. I got to go get a tissue. Okay, number four. Uh, Ginger Snaps garnering nine votes. Barely ahead of the Wolfman. I can't disagree with this one. I would flip it. I would go Wolfman as number four and Ginger Snaps as number five because I appreciate the classics and that's more of a, what, 90s type film. So, Well, you called it perfectly because that is how our top five is going, but we'll get on to our top five after this one. Uh, number three is The Howling with 14 votes, which I find kind of shocking. Hey, 14 votes, that's pretty good for The Howling. Well, Jen would be shocked. And if you're not familiar, Jen is Paul's wife, who does the new chick old flick for us. And uh, she's recently, well, since they've been married, been introduced to horror flicks, whether she likes it or not. Well, she has no choice. I mean, she does, but I'm not going to let her know that. These are the top five werewolf movies. And these are the ones that are voted on by you uh, the people that are checking out the podcast, which we appreciate. Uh, Paul put up a poll on the, the social media. Uh, no, I mean, there was more than just than just these five. There, how many would you put up? Ten or something like that? Yes. Uh, yeah, and some didn't even get any votes. Some didn't get mm-hmm. any votes at all. So these are the top five. Plus, we you mentioned our honorable mentions. And uh, mm-hmm. we go from the howling at number three to number two is what? Uh, number two, one of my favorites is Stephen King's Silver Bullet with uh, 26 votes. The werewolf looks a little bit teddy bearish, but storyline, <laughs> storyline, and you know Gary Busey, Corey, Han- I love it. Definitely uh, a great pick for number two. Wait, who's in that one? Corey Haim. Corey Haim. Oh, yeah. Corey Feldman's uh, buddy. Yeah. Gary Busey. All right. And let's see, number one. So uh, our top vote getter now. We had 125 votes. That's pretty good. I just did the quick math. I don't know if you did the math yourself. But uh, 125 votes total. But the one that totally just uh, everybody picked, which was more than, little less than 50%, was what? American Wealth in London was 64. Yay! Yeah. Can't argue with that. Nope. Nope. Which coincidentally... That's your number one too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the number one or the top five for the polls compared to the top five that me and Anthony did are pretty darn close. We had American Werewolf in London at number one. We had The Howling, mm-hmm. Jen's favorite, at number two. Silver Bullet at number three. So our top three are it's just flip flopping. Number four, we had The Wolfman and Five Ginger Snaps, which would be flip flop. So if people haven't seen any of these, tell them a little bit about. You know, Ginger Snap, which that's I, I never heard of Ginger Snap. I'll be I've heard of the Wolfman. I've heard of the Howling. I've heard of American Werewolf in London. And again, I'm not a huge horror fan. 
but I'm sure there's a lot of people that are checking this out that will that are. And if there's some people that are not huge horror fans that just stumble upon us because they like us, tell everybody a little bit about some of these movies and what they can expect if they're going to watch them. Well, Ginger Snaps is a lot more, you know, modern take on it. You know, it came out in 2000. Better than Twilight. You know, it's a more gory type film for a 2000s film because they didn't really do too many werewolf films, but it has the mystique of a type of Stephen King type film. Um, director John Fawcett, he didn't want to do any CGI in this, so it kind of brings into that horror feeling of a werewolf type film. Yeah, back in the 80s before all the techno and computer effects. Wow, and there's some hot chicks in this, too. Oh, yeah, Catherine Isabel. Oof. Wow. I, I'm just Googling it just so I can see, but man, there's some cute-looking ladies in here. So you're going to see it, you're going to watch it tonight right after we're done recording. Uh, Yep, I will exactly watch it as soon as I'm finished. Is there nudity in it? There, there's not, like, tons of it, but it, there's slight suggestive nudity, so you oh, can't go right. wrong with that. You let your imagination kind of run wild with that. Well, that'll be great. Um, but you got to remember, these are young ladies. So what are they, like teenagers? Or what, are they in high school? What's the deal? Yes. Yeah, they're, they're, yes. No. I rescind my comment then. <laughs> yes, I rescind the comment. That's Call them up. Moving forward. And number four was The Wolfman. Starring Lon Chaney Jr. And what was Lon Chaney Jr. in? He was in Ghost of Frankenstein, um, Son of Dracula, as I remember, and The Mummy's Tomb, 42. He was the uh, son of Lon Chaney. Classic Hammer film. You'd like those, Ray. What is a Hammer film? Explain explain what a Hammer film is, because uh, it confuses me when you say Hammer film. I'm thinking four. No, that's just the, they call it the Universal Hammer Film Classics. That's like the old black and white, uh, Dracula, the Mummy, the Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon, the Invisible Man. Those are all called like Hammer Films. There's a ton of them in it. So if you look up Hammer Films, you're going to see a list a mile long. Okay. See, I didn't know what the heck you were saying. Hammer Films. Like, what are we talking about? Hammers. Is it a ball peen here? Is it a sledgehammer? No. It's more of a grotesque type uh, throwback to the horror classics. It's got more gore. It's got some nudity. It's The storylines are a little bit different, but it really brings you into, if you're a fan of gore and more blood and better acting, I would say. There, there's better acting, you would say? Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. Then number three, we had The Silver Bullet, which was number two on the fan polls back in 85 based on Stephen King's cycle of the werewolf uh number two we had the howling which was number three on the fan poll directed by joe dante also known i'm sure you've seen gremlins mm-hmm. right they're you not the animals big, they are animals <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna go to the grave with that you're gonna rub that in on yep. me on what, yep. every episode mm-hmm and done, you know, with the effects done by Rob Botten that was also the main ghost in The Fog. John Carpenter's The Fog. Ooh. And then number one we had, just like everybody else does for number one werewolves, is American Werewolf in London. John Landis's classic. Rick Baker with his classic makeup effects, you know, which he won an Academy Award. And, and David Naughton was in it. 
<laughs> That's a little bit of his making it song. What's that song from? From Meatballs. Nice. We can't play a whole lot of it, otherwise uh, Apple uh, will kick us off for using copyrighted material. Uh, so can only play just a little sliver of it. Sure, if uh, we played that song, David Naughton wouldn't mind us. <laughs> people would download the music, and his iTunes account would go up. And Yeah, yeah we're putting 34 cents in his account right now. That's exactly <laughs> what we're doing. Uh, I take but- it. Yeah, exactly. Thirty four. More than we're making. So that was our top five. Again, you gotta follow us on the Twitter. You gotta follow us on Facebook uh, because we're gonna put up polls there before every program that we uh, get a chance to record, and it's all based on your votes. Now we're gonna come up with our own, uh, but we're gonna give you a list that you can vote on, and you're gonna see how you do uh, against these two guys right here. Uh, moving right along, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter. Anthony, what is that again? Horror Addict Twenty Twenty. You won't forget it. Trust me, you won't. I already forgot it because I'm. I mean, I have ADD though. What do you have tucked away under the stairs? In a box in the basement. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? What's in the box? Is it worth some bucks? It's time for the collector's corner in the horror attic. So the collector's corner is something pretty cool um, that that you people can take advantage of as well. Because in the, as the website grows, uh, which we're currently building it, it's there. It's up there. You can go to the horrorattic.com. Uh, but eventually. Uh, you'll be able to add stuff and not only add stuff to the site, but purchase stuff right there through the site. Now, whether these two guys want to let go of some of their things that they have is a different story. It's a different story. But on the collector's corner, we're featuring a couple items that each of these fellas have uh, that you might be interested in, or they might be interested in each other's stuff. So what do we got tonight, guys? Well, this one, I was on a Friday the 13th, the other uh, Facebook group. And somebody posted that they had just acquired a Friday 13th Part 6 novel by Simon Hawk, which was done years ago. And I just kind of wanted to feel better about myself. So I took a picture of all the novels that I have and posted it. And I posted the picture on there with, you know, I got... There was novels done by Simon Hawk for Friday 13th 1, 2, 3, and 6. I mean, obviously, I got them all, that and the Halloween ones, but... It's just kind of the self-satisfaction that uh, I had them all. I know, Anthony, when we were talking about it a little while back, that there was a couple of them that you were looking for. Good toilet reads. I need something to read at work. Good toilet. Oh, so you're not taking your iPhone in or your phone. You're you're taking a horror movie. Yeah, nobody touches book nowadays. No. They I mean, I've been in there long enough. I could probably read a novel while I was in there. But, I yeah, no, I don't. Uh, yeah. Should see a doctor about that, but you know that's a different story. You can read the whole uh, Stephen King's The Stand while you're in there, huh? While I'm sitting, exactly. Mm-hmm. And another one that's going to get me in the doghouse now. My wife, you know, she called me the other day and said that I got a package in the mail, which was from Big Bad Toy Store. You know, I was kind of quiet on the phone and got home and opened it up and showed her the new um, Michael Myers one six scale figure by trickers treat studios and she thought oh you know how neat that is i can't tell her that you know i got an email the other day that two of my other pre-ordered <laughs> shipped out so i'm in deep doo-doo 
because she's working from home. Oh yeah, she's working from home because so, of the Rona. But uh, you're gonna, will she open it? Will she know what it is when they show up? Oh, she'll know what it is. She's not going to open it up, but she'll know what it is. So it's just kind of you know explaining. You know, I can tell her that maybe I I want a prize. I want a contest. <laughs> You're going to lie to her about it. Just make sure the dog doesn't get to it. No. They're bigger than my dogs. What? The figures? The figures are like 12 inches tall. Oh, well, your dogs are only four, so. Yeah, my dog weighs three and a half pounds. Which isn't really a dog. That's good. Easy cleanup. It is an easy cleanup, just like little Tootsie Rolls. That's exactly what the dog ain't much bigger than a a Tootsie Roll. Oh, they love you when you come by. They do like me. All dogs like me. Dogs can pick out good people, so dogs tend to gravitate towards me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but ours are old and senile. Anthony, what do you got in the collector's corner this week? Well, I picked up a Hannibal Lecter figure <gasps> recently, and yes, I'm a big Silence of the Lambs fan, so I had to add that to my collection. Oh, I'm so jealous. I do wish we could chat longer, but... I'm having an old friend for dinner. He's my favorite of all time, wow. Hannibal Lecter. You guys ought to move in together. No, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> Especially from where he lives. No, no, no. Did you see there's going to be a new Clarice show that's going to be on NBC starting next month? Yeah, that should be interesting. Are you actually going to watch that? I am going to watch that. I watched uh, Hannibal when it was out. I'm going to watch Clarice when it comes out. Anything. I have two tattoos from silence of the lambs on my body that's how much i like the movies let me guess on your back above your waistline uh no that is the kanji symbol for talent right there matter of fact um (laughs) if you want to know the truth that one has nothing to do with silence of the lambs i have the death head moth on my ankle um and then on my uh forearm that's where my on my my forearm i have the the uh Symbol that killer carved in the tree in the Red Dragon while he was stalking the family before he murdered him. Ooh, I did like Red Dragon. Tell me a little bit about this Hannibal, uh, doll, Anthony. Figure. Uh, well, it's by Mago. Yes, they are figures. They're not dolls, even though a lot of women call them dolls. They're collectible action figures. More manly. Who makes it? Mago. Okay, Mago. Just in case they're listening... Yeah, they make a collection of horror stuff, horror figures that they've been coming out with the last couple of years, and it seems like every couple months they keep updating a new line. So with the Hannibal Lecter figures, they're bringing out two of them, one in his jumpsuit and then one with his suit that when he was uh, at the airport. That's awesome. Yes. Do you need a breather? No, I'm going to their website to see what kind of money I can spend on a Hannibal Lecter doll. I didn't know. Mega makes a lot of They're like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. So don't feel like you, you know, break at the bank. You're going to have to take a loan from the bank to get these. So I would get them now because once they go out of print, they get pretty expensive. They make Star Trek stuff. They make Marvel stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they make other things aside from... Yeah, they've been really coming out with a line that that's the line to go to. Oh, they got Leatherface. Uh, they got the Harold the Scarecrow. Oh, there's the Hannibal Lecter. See, but let's see what his face looks like. Because if it's not as... I saw one online that was super expensive. I'll be honest with you. 
my opinion, it does not look like Hannibal Lecter. It looks like that uh, that D bag from that one TV show. Mm. Oh yeah, that show. Yeah, I remember yep. that guy. Oh, freaks and geeks. Yeah. Sure, sure. But they got the fly. That's cool. Pretty fly for a white guy. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Never heard of these guys. Migo. So, Migo, if you're uh, tuning into the podcast, you could uh, throw us a bone a little bit. Uh, what else? You got, what else you got, Anthony? Uh, I picked up the Michael Myers Part 6 figure. I'm sure Paul wants that figure if he doesn't have it. You don't want to sell it. I mean, I'll trade you my Friday 13th Part 6 book for it. I don't know. It's a tough one to come across. I know because we're both Part 6 fans. Wow. They're, it's expensive, too. It is. Yep. 180 bucks. I had to spend a couple of weeks not spending money to eat, but hey, it was worth it. Do they just put out one for each movie, or they put out multiples for each movie? Uh, usually, they'll, they might do an alternate, but it depends on the copyrights with these figures. That's the big thing. So, with these figures, now, not I mean, not to get off subject, but we're still going to, I still want to mention figures. I always heard that McFarlane made good figures. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, McFarlane. I mean, I would say towards the beginning of the figure craze. I mean, you don't, not too much anymore, but. No? Oh, yeah. He had a good line um, back in the day. Oh, yeah. Movie Maniacs. Not too, not too much anymore. No, he did. He, does he not make any anymore or are they just like, because I, I always thought when I had heard people talk about this, because I've had other nerd friends that were into uh, figures, uh, not just you guys. Um, that like they were waiting for these figures to come out from him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There would be alternate ones, which are hard to find. And I remember years ago when they would first come out, I would go to a store called Toys R Us. If anyone's remembered Toys R Us. (laughs) They're they're out of business, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. I would be there every weekend as soon as it would open up and I'd go right to the aisle and I thought I'm getting that figure, right? I'm going to be there. Nope. Somebody else got it. I'm trying to think, well, if they ship everything and it comes right into the aisle and I'm the first one here, I should be able to get it right. Come to find out that people in the back, you can't trust the people in the back of the stores because they would take those figures. And they're going to sell them on eBay. Yes. He does make some pretty cool figures. I'm on on the McFarland Toys website right now. Just not a lot of horror ones anymore. Yeah, I don't see much horror stuff now. I see uh, Mortal Kombat, Fortnite, Doom, Five Nights at Freddy's, and My Hero Academy. Never heard of that. But then he's got a lot of Marvel and stuff on here, too. Yeah, so- sounds like a license lost. Okay, Any- anything else in the collector's corner? Uh, one thing that I did pick up is the Movie Maniac's Jaws, which is a pretty rare figure. McFarland did that one, and it was... Um, Something that, if you're a Jaws fan, you definitely have to get. I know Paul's a big Jaws fan. Is this something you have? No, I do not. So mm-hmm. I don't really want to talk about it. Well, I think we should. Why? Uh, which? I got nothing it, to talk about. I don't have it. Is it this? So I'm Googling it while we're talking. Is it like the boat with the shark coming up the back? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. I don't want to talk about oh. it. Oh. And it has Quint in the mouth. Oh, that looks pretty cool. That would be a cool one to have. Why don't you have that one, Paul? I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) 
Is this is it an expensive one? Well, yeah, I see eBay. Well, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, somebody on eBay's got one for four hundred and forty bucks. I can't afford it. I got two, I got two figures coming in the mail this week. They're going to bankrupt me. Oh man, you know that's pretty you cool know? though. It is. is it, where do you, do you now? Do you have this one on display, Anthony, or what? Probably not. Yes, I do. I have it on display, and but I have it out of the light, so it doesn't get damaged at all. And then um, sometimes I just flip on the light and just marvel at it in the room. He sleeps with it at night. <laughs> you have it. You don't have it in the light. It's not a gremlin. <laughs> well, some of the package, some of the packaging back in the day by like the McFarlane and all that. If you had them in the light, it would be like uh, you know what happens to plastic like around cigarette smoke. Yeah. You know they get all yellowish. So yeah, keep them out of the light. Sometimes you can't stop it, but keeping out of the light will help and prolong it. So. See, that's that's a good tip for anybody out there who's a, a collector or wants to be a collector. Keep it out of the light and don't open the freaking box. Don't do what I did and a couple of years ago have a flood in your basement with totes of figures and you go down there and you lose a big chunk of your collection oh, at the time. no. Take them out of the box and sell them open. Talk about the great depression. Yeah, there's money. Well, they were sitting in pretty murky water from the sewer, and that was not a good smell. That sucks. And both of you guys know what my job is, so could you imagine that water being mixed up? No, I, I that uh, makes me want to puke, actually, to be honest with you. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's disgusting. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Okay. So that's it for Collector's Corner. Don't forget now, uh, you can go to the website, thehorrorattic.com, and uh, we're going to have a a basically, uh, what would you call it, like a a flea market? Marketplace. A marketplace. That's the word. It's going to be a marketplace up there soon. So that's what we're working on right now. So uh, some of the stuff that we discuss, you never know, might end up on there. Uh, But you are definitely welcome once it's up and rolling to submit some stuff of yours. Maybe you can open up a little shop on there and uh, make a little side change on it. So that would be cool. So it's the horroraddict.com. Make sure you uh, check that out. New chick. That's going to be cool. Old flick. Just the facts, man. New chick, old flick. This is, of course, Paul's lady reviewing a movie. And uh, Anthony gave her the movie to watch uh, this week. And uh, what was it this week? The Thing, all-time classic by John Carpenter in 82. Now, Jen is not with us tonight, so you've got the envelope. She wrote her, her thing down. Let me, uh, let's open that envelope. That's a lot of stuff. What did she have to say? <laughs> what did she have to say? <laughs> was that a whole Christmas? It sounded like Christmas. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm going to start with the end, and I'm going to make this easy on all of us, is that she thought the film was absolutely excellent, phenomenal. She just absolutely loved it. The creativity, the twists, the effects, surprisingly, the grossness of the effects. She absolutely loved the movie. You know, she didn't realize how sexy Kurt Russell was. The ensemble cast was absolutely awesome. She loved it. So I can't really complain too much on it. No, I mean, well, I mean, if she liked the movie, um, and she's not, she's not here to ask uh, what she did like really about it. Uh, she didn't like it. She loved it. 
She paused it in the middle of the movie just to tell me how much she loved the movie. You don't do that. You don't pause a film to tell you how great it is. Well, it sounds great. Twelve men have just discovered something. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. Now it has found a place to live. Inside. Where no one can see it. Or hear it. The Thing. I wish I had that voice. I wouldn't be doing this. (laughs) So tell us about The Thing, fellas. What are some cool things about The Thing that people might not know? Kurt Russell, this is one out of the five movies that he has filmed with John Carpenter going back to, he did a TV show back in, or a TV movie back in 79, Elvis. He did Escape from New York, Escape from L.A., Big Trouble in Little China, and then The Thing. Also, Keith David from They Live, another John Carpenter classic, which I don't think you've seen that one, Ray, have you? You stopped nope. by and you, you got to check that one out phenomenal movie some people may think it's a little bit slow because it's not a full-blown like action movie but just the concept of it is phenomenal the music's great the the pacing i thought was fine there was nothing wrong with it there's a good build up and you cheer for the the stars of the film well that's what you're supposed to do with the movie aren't you yeah and it also stars tom waits from one of your favorite movies there raymond uh the warriors Warriors. Oh, yeah, I know that's one. That's a good one. Come on, Warriors, give me the come out to play. I think everybody knows that one, right? Oh, yeah. People as have seen Warriors. That's one they have to go see. Warriors and West Side Story. <laughs> Warriors and West Side Story, yeah. Watch them back to you back. You better jet yourself out of this question. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on now. What else did Jen like about the movie? Did she have any favorite scenes or anything? Uh, the one scene that she did that stuck out with her was when the head broke apart and oozed down the side of the table, you know, and the tongue came out like a whip and dragged the head and then the spider legs came out of it and crawled away. Oh, yeah, she loved it. She loved the effects. I was kind of shocked. I thought she might have been grossed out a little bit, but... Here, wait, guys, just a second. Here, just a second. Jen's peeking her head around the corner here. Oh, good. We can get her to come in now. Thanks for joining the party. Come here. Come here. So, again, we're talking about what she thought about the movie that uh, she was, well, I guess, ordered to watch. So, what did she think? I've already explained to everybody on your report here that you thought the movie was excellent and everything like that, but I really come up with something negative on it you know well not negative but just critique something what didn't you like about the movie because it's not perfect like jaws oh geez so (laughs) so say something just be a little bit critical all right all right so i think really the one scene in that movie that got to me was when the thing is in the cage with the dogs oh it's it's going after the dogs (sighs) that was a difficult scene to watch you know that wasn't real, right? I thought you were going to man- mention how bad the Norwegians were at shooting the dog. Well, that was number two. That was no- the- He was a bad shot. They're worse. They're like stormtroopers. They're throwing grenades down there and missing the dog by at least 300 yards. <laughs> You'll get it when you see it. 
But from what I what I have read, though, they, this didn't make much money, did it? No, no, because no, it, it was going against ET at the time. Come on, uh, you're gonna go the thing, or you're gonna go ET? Well, you're gonna go oh, ET because cute little Drew Barrymore was in it. Drew Barrymore sucks too, by the way. <laughs> You don't like Drew Barrymore? Not at all. She is, she's done so much drugs. You don't know what's going to come out of her mouth next. I never thought she was a good actress either. Well, she was good in Scream. You know, she died in the first five minutes. Well, so. that was the best part about it. <laughs> that was the best part about it. If Listen, if you're like me and you want to see Drew Barrymore get murdered, uh, go see Scream. You know, what I found interesting about the thing was uh, they used cigarettes, uh, if anybody doesn't know, cigarettes to simulate the cold, which I found was a pretty interesting effect. Now, why would they do that? Oh, they were they were filming on most of the movie. The outdoor stuff was filmed in British Columbia, but the indoors when they go and visit the Norwegian outpost um, to investigate, it was filmed on a soundstage. So... It actually wasn't very cold there, so Kurt Russell would take a drag on his cigarette, action, open up the door, and kind of blow some of the smoke out. So now, if anybody wants to see a horror movie that a, a novice, let's call Jenny novice, uh, really loved, you got to check out The Thing from 1982. Now, we got to assign her another flick to watch for the next time we have her. What should we have her watch next? I think we got to throw some blood and gore at her, uh, Anthony. I'm going to have her watch Hellraiser. Perfect. Show her such great sights. The Horror Attic Podcast. Let the discussion begin. I don't know what we're yelling about. It's the Horror Attic Podcast. All right. Our final discussion before we wrap things up tonight is uh, a question I pose to you two. Movies. Is the sequel better than the original? Oh, I'll take this one first. I thought long and hard about this one. It, I'm taking Aliens over Alien. That is my Why? sequel better than the original. Ugh. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I loved... Alien was a good movie. Aliens, just the absolute nonstop action of it i mean it's rated one of the greatest action movie if not the greatest action movie of all time alien i saw it when i was a lot younger you know it was a little bit more suspenseful but just it just didn't have the action totally different type of movie you know a little bit slower scarier but aliens i mean it had it all colonial marines vasquez hudson hicks sigourney weaver just I absolutely love that movie. Absolutely love it. Do you agree or disagree with him on this, Anthony? I disagree. I would say Alien's a better film. Um, first off, the pacing of Alien has you have a, more of a buildup compared to Aliens, which, yes, Aliens is a good film, but good. Uh, <laughs> other than that, I thought cinematography was better. It had a more of a Stanley Kubrick-type style, and the jump scares were better in this there was a good jump scare in Alien at the beginning when the you know the alien jumped out and uh, stuck to his mask and when it busted out of his gut. But overall, from start to finish, Aliens by far is a superior movie. James can I mean it was a master masterpiece. 
Now, this th- we should pose this same question just to see what uh, the people think. Uh, which one's better, alien or aliens, on social media? All right, now Anthony's turn. Anthony, you had to pick a movie that was, uh, you know, the sequel that could be better than the original. What do you think? Okay, so I s- stuck outside the box on this one, and I'm sure I'm going to get some flack from people, but it's my choice. And I chose Sleepaway Camp 2 over Sleepaway Camp. That was my choice. Unhappy campers. Yes. Yes. And little known fact. They were not it. happy. No, they were not happy in this. But little known fact, if anybody's a rock fan, Bruce Springsteen's sister, Pamela Springsteen, was the killer in this film. She was a killer? Yeah. Right. You gave it away. Uh, you gave it away. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> not giving it away. No, it's a better film than the first one, I thought. I thought the kills were better. Way more gorge type, 80s type feeling. The music's better in this film, a lot better. It's got your vibe of, you know, partying, drinking, having a good time, a little bit of nudity. Really? Nice. There you go, Ray. There you go, Ray. Nice. I'm going to have to check this out. You know, you got your bad lame jokes in it, too, and I'm a big fan of lame jokes. Yes, yes, you are. Angela, she's known as the first transvestite killer. So that was a big thing, too, for this series. Yes. Is she really a transvestite? Well, not in real life, but in the film. There's some blonde in the movie that's pretty cute. Well, most of those movies do have hot chicks in them. You know who that is? Emilio Estevez's sister and Charlie Sheen's sister. It is? Yes, it is. Every character in that movie is named after a Brat Pack character you know there's really? emilio there's charlie there's tc tom cruise rob lowe everybody is there anybody like really famous in this it's it's got 80s actors that you've seen in other 80s horror films so there's a little bit of connection with that um the dialogue was better the pacing of the film was better it felt like your bigger budget type film than the first one even though i'm a big fan of the first one but number two takes the cake and Pamela Springsteen which is pretty sad after the third one she kind of quit the, the show business she kind of they had another one <laughs> yeah unhappier campers <laughs> yep unhappy campers no it's teenage wasteland is the nah, third that was one. the third yeah that was the third one see how fast you can find stuff with Google <laughs> and the budget was only like Four hundred and like eighty nine thousand dollars or something to make that movie, and it lost money. <laughs> oh, that just sucks. Do you agree with them, Paul? Is the uh, summer camp two better than summer camp one? You know what? Summer camp. <laughs> See, sleep, sleep boys. Sleep. Summer camp. Summer camp. Same thing. Same difference. <laughs> you know what? Sleep. Sleep away camp. The original is a. It's a classic, but it is extremely low budget. I would have to admit that Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, which they did, I believe they filmed them back to back. Yep. They are your prototypical cheesy 80s, you know, a little bit more of a bigger budget movies. Yeah, it definitely had a better 80s feel. You know, the budget maybe not as big as A Nightmare on Elm Street or the Friday the 13th, but it's a, it's on that level just below it. But they're both fun. You know, they go real well together. 
they're they're a fun time. And I they don't understand why there's so much hatred parts two and three. That's what I want to get with the horror community is they have a dislike for two or three. I don't know who Susan Marie Snyder is, but she's in it and she's smoking hot. Oh, Susan Marie Snyder. Whenever I hear '80s movies. And you compare these to 80s movies because it is an 80s. I automatically think Porky's. So is it kind of in the same vein of Porky's, but a horror movie? I'd agree. You know, I'd agree with that. Yeah, there's just a feel to Porky's. So I'm guessing that same feel and and the budget is probably pretty close to the same. Yeah. And TNA you know. and blood. Yeah. I mean, yeah. can't go wrong. That's, no, that's what it no. is. That was you the formula go. of just about <laughs> everything in the 80s. How much money do you 80s. really need for a Sleepaway Camp film. I mean, it's a Sleepaway Camp film. A couple hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, maybe you can make it work. Make everybody I mean, some t-shirts. That people are doing now. Yeah. If you look at the independent world, people are making these type of films, these Sleepaway Camp films. And they're doing it on their iPhones. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not making alien films. <laughs> but that would be cool if they did. I don't know about that. That would be very critical of what they'd be coming out with. But then again, people are coming out with shark films as well. So, Yeah, Sharknados. <laughs> so coming up, we're going to have another podcast here in a couple of weeks. Uh, again, you want to follow us on the social medias. It's the Horror Attic group. It's on Facebook. You can become a member of that. Just go uh, join it. I don't think we have to uh, approve anybody normally, do we? Uh, no. You can find us... On Twitter, the Horror Attic 2020, or is it just Horror Attic 2020? Is there a thought in front of it? No. No, just Horror Attic 2020. Horror Attic 2020. All right, you can also uh, check out the podcast on Podbean, and now we are actually also on iTunes. So you can follow us on the uh, podcast section on iTunes, which they that's whole iTunes and how they change things got me all confused, but I know it's there. You can go find it up there. I found it on my phone, so it is. Uh, you can too. Yes, it is. Yeah. So again, thehorrorattic.com. We've got some merchandise up there. If you want to check that out, some cool t-shirts uh, with the logo and whatnot on there, we'd love you to uh, check that out and uh, tell all your friends about the podcast. That's Anthony. That's Paul. I'm Ray. I'm losing my voice. Thanks for uh, listening. Yes. The Horror Attic Podcast has been produced and directed by Radio Communications. All opinions expressed are that of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of Radio Communications. This program may contain copyrighted material, the use of which has not been specifically authorized by the copyright owner and are being used under the Fair Use Act. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember, always look over your shoulder. Don't walk down a dark street at night. And always stay scared.